Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. In this episode, Jeremy celebrates the one-year anniversary of the show with Woodford Reserve Double Barrel, talks voting and the theory of wasted votes, and some of the things learned from one year of producing a podcast. This is episode 38 of the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Backyardigans, how y'all are? Hey, it's a one-year anniversary of the broadcast, and I can't believe it. This has been quite the experience, and I have learned so much. One of these days, I promise you, we're going to do a decent episode. I promise. Today's not the day, obviously, but one of these days, we're going we're gonna to pull this off. My thanks to the tens of listeners who have tuned into my poorly written and sporadically produced show. The, f- the fact... That I've had at least one listener at all is amazing. I've really enjoyed doing this and plan to keep it up as long as I can, for as little as I can, and truly appreciate your willingness to sit and listen to a guy sipping corn and spilling tea, especially the constant tirades on Stillwater traffic. That has got to get old. I know it's old for my wife. It's old for me, folks. I don't like losing my salvation every day at five o'clock. I don't. But here we are. It happens every day. Every weekday. Anywho. Anyway, as it is a fairly momentous occasion, we're going to enjoy some Woodford Reserve Double Barrel to mark the occasion. And as it's getting close to Election Day, we'll talk about the strange juxtaposition of politics and Halloween. But first, you know, doing your own podcast, it's a great way to quickly learn A how unimportant you really are, B how bad you suck at putting your thoughts into words, and C how far you still have to go to make even the most basic of podcasts while listeners literally have millions of professionally produced options to choose from. When I started doing this a year ago, I had the audacity to think, the audacity to think I was the only guy to come up with the idea of drinking bourbon, telling stories and putting it on the air. I really thought that was an original idea. Um, There are so many great bourbon slash whiskey related podcasts and I've learned a thing or two from both listening to them and listening to myself. Probably the, one of the most important things I've learned from my own podcast is to script them so I don't wander too far off topic. If you've ever heard me tell a story, we can go down all the rabbit holes. And so uh, this helps me get to the point. One of the most important things I've learned from other podcasts is to keep it short. Some podcasts are like an hour or two hours long and folks, ain't nobody got time for that. So after I've done about 10 podcasts, after I'd done about 10 podcasts, I started intentionally limiting mine to about 10 minutes. Leave folks wanting more, not less, right? That was the whole point. So um, this, this season one finale may go a little long. It may go short. Depending on how bad it sucks, but for the most part, ten more. uh, See, we're already sucking. We're already sucking. For the most part, though, ten minutes, and we're done with this with this podcast. So, another thing I learned was the power of social media. Although I started podcasting uh, October of 2017, I didn't start a social media account until about January of the next year. Um, Once I started putting pictures on Instagram, my listenership took off. And honestly, I have more people looking at my pictures on Instagram than I do listening to my podcasts. And that brings up yet another thing I've learned and I'm still learning, and that is the art of product photography. I've really enjoyed finding unique places around our house and our backyard to take pictures of what I'm happily consuming. 
If you've seen my photos, they're usually shallow focus, wide aperture picks. If I'm using the 24 to 105 millimeter wide angle lens, I'm shooting at four and a half stops at minimum. Um, they're normally very warm too. Um, if, if I'm using the 50 millimeter lens, I'm, I'm blowing the, the aperture up to like 1.8, as wide as it'll go. Um, if I'm manually setting the white balance temperature on my camera, I'm normally shooting in the 5200 Kelvin range, even upwards of that. Um, I'm shooting in raw as well, and then I run them through Photoshop, and I tell you what, that makes a huge difference. Now, here's the thing. I learned to take pictures here at Oklahoma State. Uh, taught by the great Shane Bevel. He is now a freelance photographer. He used to be a photographer for USA Today and other large media outlets. He even does pictures for uh, Pioneer Woman, uh, Renee Drummond. But um, he taught us to shoot in manual mode all the time, of course. But he taught us to shoot so that our pictures could stand on their own. No enhancements, no Photoshop, nothing needed nothing allowed and uh, I still do that if I didn't have Photoshop I'm pretty confident in the quality of pictures I'm I'm taking but shooting in raw and combining it with Photoshop you can enhance the picture so well and bring out incredible tiny details you wouldn't have found without it um, so if you're like me and you were taught that the picture is the picture leave it alone I'll join in the chorus of all sorts of other photographers much more talented photographers than myself and invite you to try shooting in raw. Use Photoshop enhancements to make your pic good pictures look great. Now when I'm working on my photos in Photoshop, in some cases, not all, um, I put the temperature up into the 8100 Kelvin range, like really warm. Some photos, depending on lighting conditions, really look good at that high temperature. Others don't. They look better, super cool. Um, so that's one thing I'm doing. If you're already doing it, I'm sure you're way ahead of me already. If you're not, try it. See what you like. See what see what comes out. Another thing I'm constantly doing is dropping the blacks setting almost as low as it'll go. It gives it a richer black color, and then you can boost the white setting to offset the darker exposure. But if you're taking pictures that have clouds in it, that can blow out the clouds. So it's this big, you know, combination of trying a little... Too much, dropping it back, not enough, whatever. Um, at any rate, it gives you plenty of options, and you should just try it. In fact, do it to one of your best photographs, and then, after you've enhanced the raw photo, compare it to the original JPEG, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Your original, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, your original is going to look very bland compared to the small enhancements you can come up with when you're you're working with that raw file okay enough photography crap right okay you know a, a slight diversion here you know the uh if you're a country music fan you know the the song by colin ray uh little rock i think i'm on a roll here little rock remember that song Solid as a stone, baby, wait and see. Remember that one? From like, uh, I'm gonna guess 93-ish? Early 90s? Maybe mid 90s, but no later than like 95. Because I think I went, I saw Colin Ray 
Jeff Foxworthy opened for Colin Ray at the Greeley Independent Stampede at Island Grove Park. I saw him. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Little Rock. I always thought that song was, I think I'm on a road here in Little Rock. Not, I think I'm on a roll here in Little Rock. If you haven't heard the song, it's about, like, this guy that gives up alcohol because it's ruining his life and his marriage and things. Jesus will forgive, but a daddy won't forget. Remember that? So, I was always like, you think you're on a road here in Little Rock? Colin, are you drinking again? Have you fallen off the wagon already? It's only been 19 days. I think I'm on a road here in Little Rock. Okay, that was horrible. Sorry to uh, expose you to that. That was just bad. Okay, uh, before I go any further, I want to thank the distillers that were kind enough to send me samples to review. Really helped me gain an understanding of bourbon and tasting and aromas and visuals and using the phrase on the nose and copper and caramel and peanut and pepper and all the other buzzwords that we all use to describe bourbon that are overused and probably not even as dis- half as descriptive as we think they are. Anyway, huge thanks goes to Four Roses, the first distillery to send me a sample. Gave me no headaches whatsoever about getting it from them. And by sample, I mean a 750 milliliter bottle. That was super cool. Also, Blade and Bow sent me a sample. Cali Distillery sent me two 750-milliliter bottles, and one was the incomparable Riptide Rye that I reviewed. Absolutely loved that one. Ragged Branch, who sent me their two-year-old rye that put me over the edge in being a full-on rye guy. There was Slaughterhouse, a very fine distillery that was kind enough to send me two samples. A lot of people love their product. I wasn't one of them. Um, but they were still kind enough to send me samples. There was Nelson's Greenbrier. People make the in vogue Bell Mead bourbon, and they sent me both a sour mash and a cask strength sample. I really liked the sour mash. The cask strength had a black licorice taste to it, and I wasn't a big fan of that. Oh, let's see. Finally, one of my all time favorites. How can I forget? A distillery that for me really hits it out of the park in all categories. It is the widow jane distillery out of uh new york where are they at red hook not red hook oh shoot i'm sorry i'm sorry widow jane oh they're out of new york anyway um the bottle shape is incredible um the the styling their their marketing concepts they if you've seen some of their pictures they'll like blend their bottle into iconic places in new york like the brooklyn bridge as as though their bourbon is holding up the brooklyn bridge um they're out of new york get their water from a limestone deposit supposedly according to them larger than the one located in lynchburg tennessee the bottle style very unique branding simple but effective and they send me not one but two full-size bottles one of which i gave to a neighbor to keep the peace and remind me to tell you that story because that one's a unique one but i'm not telling it today Again, a huge deal of thanks goes out to each and every one of these distillers as they have really helped out someone who really had nothing to offer them in return. And that showed a lot of character, and I'm very appreciative of each one of you. 
Uh, let's see. We also had the opportunity to interview the distillers of Wilderness Trail, and that was such a great experience. They were really incredibly gracious with their time and incredibly generous with their wisdom. I interviewed them back in April, I believe, and they were a wealth of knowledge with distilling and startup, starting up a business from scratch and countless other things. Huge thanks to those guys, Shane Baker and Pat Heist, and the best of luck to Wilderness Trail Distillery. It sounds like things are going great for them. Very popular bourbon out there in Kentucky. They also came up with one of the greatest quotes on the planet in regards to bourbon. When I asked them, why has bourbon become so popular lately, they said... Well, it's just the most delicious substance on the planet. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, gentlemen. Okay, let's get to the Woodford Reserve. Some bourbons, and let's face it, some people have undeserved good reputations. You know anybody like them? They get credit for classiness they don't have, for things they didn't do, for being what they aren't. Some others have uh, the opposite. They've got... Uh, Bad reputations that are completely undeserved. But Woodford Reserve, barrel finish select double oak, is well respected. And that reputation, folks, is well earned. Let me just tell you from personal experience, this bourbon is in no uncertain terms going to scratch you right where you itch. This is one of the smoothest yet still flavorful bourbons I have ever had. The bottle says it is... Uniquely matured in separate charred oak barrels, the second barrel deeply toasted before light charring. Extracts additional amounts of soft, sweet oak character. In my notes, I just kept writing, smooth, smooth, smooth. I even had my wife try it neat, and she does not try bourbon neat. Now, admittedly, she did say, I smell gasoline when I had her take a whiff. But she was able to have a few neat sips and is a fan herself. So that ought to come in handy when it comes time to purchase um, my own bottle. This bottle I was given by my brother for my birthday. So uh, it's got a wonderful darker copper coloring. I'm guessing it's due to the second barreling. There's the slightest hint, maybe not even worth mentioning, of chocolate. Maybe it's more of a caramel finish. Uh, I picked up delicious notes of vanilla, too. Then I wrote, multiple flavor experiences keep you guessing and intrigued. One of those stupid things you write when you're sipping bourbon and you think it's brilliant, only to read it later and then think to yourself, dear lord. Now I know this will go against Buffalo Trace Distillers, uh, Freddie Johnson, you know who he is on the neat documentary, very, very famous distiller. He tells a story uh, about sharing bourbon with his dad and his brother and he was he he only poured a little bit of this really special bourbon he was saving and his dad was kind of uh reprimanding him for saving bourbon he said bourbon is to be enjoyed with friends and family at the moment and uh it turned out he lost his dad and his brother within nine months of that so um i that's freddie's rule i i I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm just, I don't often come across special occasion bourbon. So I'm storing it for now. Just for now, Freddie. Okay. Not that you'd listen to the show, but maybe when I graduate, I'll polish it off with those that can celebrate with me. Or maybe I'll polish it off myself and then tell those that celebrate with me that I took care of it. Uh, great bourbon, though. Fantastic. 
fantastically smooth. Okay, we're running a little bit long, but I did want to throw this in as well. Please go out and vote. It's getting close to election day wherever you are, wherever I am, and its proximity to Halloween is more than a little ironic, you'll have to admit. You never know who or what is behind the mask once someone is elected. Once they get into office, they uh, they come in, they become quite the character themselves. So, uh, the thing is, a lot of people paid an awfully heavy price for our right to vote, and I believe it is our obligation to fulfill our end of the bargain. So, let your voices be heard, folks. At any rate, this Woodford Reserve is an incredible bourbon, and this year has been an incredible experience. I want to thank each and every one of you for popping in to listen to me ramble. Hopefully, we have entertained you and you've enjoyed your time with us. Hey, stop by and say hi on social media. We're on Instagram at Backyard Bourbon Broadcast and on Twitter at Bourbon and Story. And maybe you could be one of the first people to like our Facebook page. I created that sucker like months ago, and not one person has liked my Facebook page. So um, you can always drop us a line, too, at BackyardBourbonBroadcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the next season of the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. I think I'm on a 